We muse at why this quarterback competition is so weird, plus some other predictions for 2023. And in our What You Talking About Willis segment, we talk about what betting on yourself actually means in modern college football. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Now, as spring football has ended, and we kind of have a little bit of a grasp on what this quarterback situation looks like going into fall, I do want to point out that this thing is just weird at the moment. And it's not weird because of really anything anybody is doing, but I'll explain that in just for just a second. Also, in the second segment, we'll go over our NFL draft results um, of 10 players that are going to the league as we speak. So Jackson Dart is the number one quarterback right now. It's, and I don't know if it's particularly up for debate. I, I don't know what to believe at the moment anymore. Okay. Whenever somebody says something, you're like, okay, well, let's just put that in as a data point, as opposed to just taking his full gospel all the way to the end. It just kind of is what it is at this point. But Jackson Dart has improved mightily since 2022. There's, there's no doubt about that. I don't think anybody will argue about that. There's been three things that he needed to do. One, not turn over the football. Two, get the ball out of his hands quickly. And three, use the middle of the field. Two of those three things he used and has improved greatly on. We still have not seen him in the middle of the field to this point. We're not sure why. We're not sure what's going on there. We just know that we did not see it in the spring game. And uh, no, I told you guys, do not watch the spring game for skirts, for scheme or anything like that. But passing over the middle of the field when the other quarterbacks are passing over the middle of the field stands out a little bit. Now, another thing that comes across is that once Spencer Sanders got healthy, this became a quarterback competition for real in a hurry. He was effective. He used his legs. He used the middle of the field. He he got the ball out of his hand. Now, his problem is accuracy. And that burned him on an interception in the spring game. It was just a pass that he underthrew a little bit that went off a defender's helmet into another defender's hands, and they actually was able to return that for quite a bit. Now, a sixth-year senior is probably not getting noticeably better accuracy-wise in time for fall camp. He definitely is what you're going to get. It just It's already there. I'm, I'm sure his arm's going to get better. I'm sure he's going to get a grasp of this offense. But accuracy, if that's been a problem all through his Oklahoma State career, it's probably going to be a little bit of a problem during his Ole Miss one as well. 
So you have a one quarterback that isn't using a quadrant in the field, another one that is having accuracy issues. And if you ask Lane Kiffin what he's looking for in a quarterback, accuracy and decision-making are like 1A and 1B. So we'll have to see what he does in the fall. Now, the third quarterback that everybody is talking to uh, talking about after the spring game is Walker Howard. I got text after text after text just raving how the young man looked. His arm strength, his accuracy, the way he used his legs, some throws that he made, and the tight throws that he made all got opinions of different people during that game. And if we're discussing holes of each player, and we talked about um, Dart and Sanders, the hole in Walker Howard's game is experience. And the only way you're going to get experience is by actually doing it. So we have a situation, and my everydayers that listen to the show every day has heard me talk about this almost since the beginning. I do think this quarterback competition is between Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders this year. The winner of the quarterback competition will be the number one quarterback. The loser will be the number three quarterback. And then Walker Howard will be the number two quarterback. That's just what I think. You know, Lane Kiffin can make 15 different decisions between now and the Mercer game. But Walker Howard getting meaningful reps inside games because he's not having to worry about losing a red shirt. They could literally play him a series of game if they chose to do that. But you saw a guy in the spring game that looked comfortable, that made plays, that came off reads, that did things a little bit difficult. They ran the typical tight end to hide, short, hard, short yardage play that every team runs across college football. It wasn't there. The defense did a good job of covering that up. But what they didn't see was Ulysses Bentley, who was the play-action back, running straight downfield. And that guy, not covering that back, left him open. Walker Howard saw it, floated the ball up. It looked a whole bunch like Eli Manning and Jamie Armstrong on that pass and got every fan in the Ole Miss fan base excited about what he could become. Right there. just happened. I started getting texts blowing up. So it is weird that this might be the most talented quarterback room in the Southeastern Conference, maybe the country. It is also weird that when I say that, I can obviously point to holes in each of their games. And the quarterback that is able to take care of their hole the best is going to be the starting quarterback for Mercer. I... I think Jackson Dart is a hell of a kid, and it's hard not to root for somebody that obviously plays with his heart on his sleeve. But, like I said from the very beginning, I root for laundry. I do not root necessarily for players as far as in the game. I want Ole Miss football to win. So, in order for that to happen, the offense has to be the best version of itself. If Spencer Sanders on accuracy is less of an issue than Jackson Dart throwing over the middle of the field, then Spencer Sanders will take the first snap against Mercer in September. This is an unbelievably wacky situation. It it just is. And I think everybody needs to be aware 
of exactly where we are. The fact of the matter is that while Jackson is leading right now, he has a chance to where over the month of July, he better get off to a fast start because if he gets off to a slow start in the fall, Spencer Sanders, who is now healthy, I think he practiced fully the last four practices of spring, has a chance to make up a lot of ground in a hurry. We'll see exactly how that goes and honestly how um, Ole Miss will react to it in the offense as well. Anyway, tonight's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NFL NBA playoffs. That is because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. For instance, if your first bet was betting on the Grizzlies to win their series, you'll see that that probably didn't win and you could qualify for bonus bets. The moral of that story is probably don't talk trash to one of the best players that has ever played the game, honestly. They have great promotions every day and it's safe and secure to set up. And you also get paid kind of instantly if you win your bet. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Now, I understand in Mississippi you have to go to a brick-and-mortar casino. That's just the way it is. But if you're in Tennessee, if you're in Louisiana, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Shreveport, Delta, Louisiana, or up in Tennessee and Memphis, Jackson, Tennessee, or Nashville, Tennessee, maybe over in Gatlinburg, this is an avenue that is open to you and is worth giving it a look. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book, just period. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. Seize terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino, LLC. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. It's pretty cool. There's numbers all over the place. If you're in Kansas or in Massachusetts, plenty of help available to everyone. But call one eight seven seven eight hope ny or text hope ny um, or 1-800-522-4700 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. So it's all over the place. If you have any questions on what you need to do, you can go to the, West, um, the FanDuel website to see exactly how it goes. Should be pretty cool indeed. That is the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to start to look into the offseason of directions that Ole Miss football needs to go going into football season. We're, we're doing our coverage. Every day is football on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. If we can help it, we'll also keep an eye on the transfer portal for both college football and college basketball with Chris Beard and his bunch as well. 
The NFL draft was this weekend, and coming up in the third segment, what you're talking about, Willis segment, we're going to talk about kind of a perception change that needs to happen, and we'll explain everything that's going on about that. But for the meantime, 10 players for Ole Miss either got drafted or signed undrafted free agent contracts. Um, Led by Jonathan Mingo, who went to the Carolina Panthers in the second round. I think Tavis Robinson went in the third round to Baltimore. Zach Evans went in the sixth round to Los Angeles, the Rams. And Nick Broker went in, I think, the seventh round to Buffalo. Those are the drafted players. Elsewhere, you had Malik Heath going to the Packers, Mason Brooks going to the Commanders, A.J. Finley going to the Chargers, which I like that pick. He's probably... High in the clubhouse at the moment for somebody to make the team and do quite well. Troy Brown to the Giants, Otis Reese to the Titans, and Katie Hill, the Chucky Mullins Award winner, to the New York Jets. Those are the 10 players that are involved. So all of these players have a shot to make these rosters. They're they're good players. Not all of them probably will, but they all have a chance. Some have a better chance than others. Whenever you look at Zach Evans, Um, For instance, he was drafted in the sixth round, but he has talent to be much higher than that. And that means that you probably got a little bit of a steal in the sixth round if you go off the Los Angeles Rams because you got him at a bargain. In the third segment, we'll talk about that a little bit more in detail. Nick Broker kind of is what it is. I think he was out of eligibility. Tavius Robinson was out of eligibility. And I think Jonathan Mingo, who might have went early, he did absolutely make the right decision. Mason Brooks, who was drafted by the USFL, um, going to the Washington Commanders. We'll see exactly what happens with these players and how they go through fall training camp for their respective NFL teams. Most of them are going basically onto NFL campuses, for lack of a better word, right now to go through a mini camp of sorts as they try to get ready. So it should be quite interesting to see exactly what happens NFL draft-wise with these players. Now, the important thing to remember when you read these names, next year's Ole Miss team has a chance to have highly rated players that go in more frequently. I mean, somebody like J.J. Pegues, Caden Priestcorn, potentially even Michael Trigg. Um, Those players have a chance to go fairly high in the NFL draft. Now, We're going to talk in the second one about the new rookie slot and the old way of thinking and why whoever takes a new way of thinking and realize that if you just delay this gratification by four months, you have a chance to be not necessarily in a better situation, but um, in a better place, not team contract. We'll talk about that in the third segment. Anyway, stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Go ahead and sign up for YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. Upvote the video itself. And, of course, comment down below. Join our subtext community as well, and you'll have access to early releases like we did the Damon Williams video last week. So if we get something special like that, subtext users will get it a little bit first. Just kind of is what it is. But anyway, in this segment of What You Talking About Willis, we're talking about how the definition of betting on yourself 
has changed. And since everybody's used to the way it was, they haven't changed with it at this point. And they're kind of shoehorning themselves in and kind of rolling the dice early when they don't have to. They don't need to. So let me explain. In the 80s and 90s, teams started recruiting heavily on the NFL draft and getting you to the NFL as an avenue to recruit players. In in other words, people that were recruiting made college football subservient to the NFL in perception. And this has gone on now for 30 or 40 years. It's gotten to the point where players started opting out of bowl games and doing whatever they can for their NFL draft position, no matter whether they're a top 100 player or not. Because the rumor that they hear from their handlers and everybody external is because college football was a place that you did not make money from, everybody was in a hurry to start their professional career. So they made up this reasoning that, hey, if you're a certain player, you need to hurry up and get in there so you can get to your second contract faster. You hear that all the time. It's the same thing that you're going to hear about Zach Evans this year. But the reality is 90 to 95% of players that get drafted probably don't see their second contract. It's a high turnover league. It is like me saying, hey, I am going to um, do whatever I can to win the lottery in four years. And if you don't, you know, you're, you're just kind of SOL. But I say all that to say this. The world has changed a little bit when it comes to college football. And the term betting on yourself that everybody hears over and over again is A, unbelievably true, okay? It, it is. But understand when you bet on yourself, there's a way to lose that bet. It is not a 100% payout. It's not anything like that. It, it is what it says. Bet means gamble. So you need to figure out a way to bet on yourself and mitigate the most risk and try and maximize that first contract. Now, certain players like Malik Heath, he's an undrafted free agent, $9,000 signing bonus. He kind of has what he has, okay? It just is what it is. But if you're an underclassman, and now it's just extremely in vogue for an underclass player to go pro, it just is, including at positions that they don't draft very highly unless you are a very special player. Now, we'll take Jerry and Ely, who went to the Kansas City Chiefs as an undrafted free agent. Jerry and came out of school early, ended up betting on himself, and did not make anywhere that where he thought he would make or what he was honestly told he would make. Because in the recruiting thing, from the beginning, they recruited that you will come here, you'll stay three years, and you'll go to the NFL. That's how they recruit it. That's that's how it goes. But that's not necessarily the way it has to be. Not in this age of NIL, okay? Which means, which is another reason why the Zach Evans situation kind of bothers me a little bit. Zach Evans was drafted in almost the seventh round. He was in the compensatory picks of 
the sixth round. Now, I'm not saying that Zach Evans will not do very well at Los Angeles. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Los Angeles isn't a good spot for him because you can say whatever you want to to justify whatever needs to happen. However you want to feel, there can be a bias attached to each one. Okay? But I'm saying that rumor has it that Quinshawn Judkins is making close to a half a million dollars in NIL. That may be completely false. That's the number that's going around the fan base right now. Zach Evans, pre-taxes, pre-401K, pre-union dues, pre-agent fees. Before all of that, his cap hit for year one is $783,000 with a $100,000 signing bonus. Now, Zach Evans did not make it through one college season healthy. He, ju he just didn't. He, he did not make it through a season healthy. He did not, was not healthy enough to go to the combine and perform, which means red flags were shooting up all over the place, and any player that was destined to fall was probably Zach Evans. Again, not on the kid. This is just a situation with the NFL draft and how they work. If he would have stayed at Ole Miss, he would have probably commanded numbers similar to Quinshawn and would have had the opportunity to stay four more weeks or four more months, five more months from right now to prove to the NFL that he could stay healthy, go through an offseason healthy, perform at the combine, and probably get drafted in the second and third round. And let me tell you what the difference is if he would have gotten drafted in the third round. They'll say the first pick of the third round because in the sixth round where he got picked, his salary cap number is $783,000 projected with the signing bonus of about 133 k Now, if he would have gotten drafted in the third round, not even extremely high, just the third round, his salary would be about half a million dollars more Per year, his signing bonus would have been four times what it is. No, that's not true. Ten times what it is right now. So, the honest thing is, when people talk about betting on themselves, if you can grow early and get drafted in the top four rounds, it is absolutely worth it. No doubt they should go and it shouldn't even be close. But if there's a chance, a good chance, that you can be in the fifth or below, the signing bonus goes down considerably. The salary is under a million dollars and you have all those dues to go. You have a decision that you want to make. Is that what you want to do or do you want to go and deal in a college environment, take less of a workload? Picture of what Zach Evans would have gone through this year. Less of a workload because you have Quinshawn. Make it through the season, make it through the combine, and all of a sudden he's being drafted in the second or third round because he has that kind of ability. No sense to give an NFL team a discount if you can help it. If you have any leverage at all, it needs to be used. And players need to consider what the NFL draft is really turning into meaning and what the college game with NIL actually is. And what that is is leverage. You're not, unless you are out of eligibility, unless you're in a situation 
like Malik Heath was in this season. If you have a chance to come back to school, you can use that as leverage. You do not have to take a poor situation. I, I get it that agents and street agents and family members and all of that stuff are going to push you towards the league. I get that. And I get the pull of playing professional football because we all had dreams, whether we stepped on a field or not, of driving down the field in the fourth quarter. I get all that. I get the situation of coming from an area where you want to start working. I get that college is a pain in the butt. I get all of that. But I, all I'm saying is the term bet on yourself, whenever people go to the NFL draft and they say they're betting on themselves to get their second contract, they need to start betting on themselves to maximize their first contract. That's what I'm saying. Because a bet in itself is a gamble. And that gamble can be lost. And there, the roll call of players that have bet on themselves and lost are long. So maximize that first contract, then make the team, then work on that second contract. That is my advice. They need to quit looking at college sports as a minor league. They need to look at it as what it is, a development opportunity for them. Some of them are going to say, hey, good enough. I am what I am. As this, is what it, this is what it's going to be. I think that I'm, I'm going to be one of the 5 or 10% that gets a second contract in the National Football League. That's what players do. They're obscenely confident players, and they have people in their ear all the time explaining exactly why they're really good. But if you handle this correctly and do what you need to do and realize that the NFL might give you a fourth-round grade to get you in and then draft you in the sixth to get you at a discount, it behooves them to oversell you. If you can understand that and understand what needs to happen and understand exactly your development, being honest with yourself, you can completely game the system right now. And if you can game the system, you'll be doing really, really well because there's players all the time that are undrafted that play for 12 years. There are players that are drafted in the second or third round that doesn't last three years. So, Bet on yourself, but be smart about it and understand the options that you have at your feet. You do not have to just force your way and start the NFL anymore. You can get paid in college. You can get paid handsomely in college. If you're an athlete that could be drafted in the second or third round in college, I can't imagine how much NIL they would pay you to stay in school. Just kind of is what it is. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to talk about transfer portal for men's basketball and football and anything else that might come up. As I was recording this show, um, Ole Miss was able to beat the Georgia Bulldogs for their first series win of the SEC campaign. So that's very good news for Mike Bianco and the team. We'll see what happens a little bit later on in the week. Derek Vandy Griff will be by to talk about that as well. Anyway, I'm Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning into the show today.
Really good show today. Really fun. And I got wanted to get that what you're talking about, Willis, off my chest a little bit because I do think players sometimes get taken advantage of and don't realize the leverage leverage that they actually have because of the dream and the carrot and the light that is at the end of the tunnel. So I just wanted to talk about that for a second. Anyway, I will see you guys tomorrow and everybody take care. Hotty toddy.